Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spatsportation Book Club podcast, my podcast where I take a positive look at the nasty and extreme, but in this format I do it with a guest from the extreme horror and splatterpunk community. And with me this week I have Carver Pike, so welcome to the show Carver. Hey everybody, thank you. Thanks Stephen, I appreciate it man, glad to be here. Yeah, it's really nice having you on, getting to talk to you in person as well. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) You're one of the people I kind of chatted to a bit right at the beginning on Messenger and stuff, and then just, yeah. Yeah. The show gets me finally talking to people in person. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, before we kind of start on this week's book and chatting about all the things we love about it and spoiling the hell out of it, um, I'll just give you a chance to introduce yourself first, if you just let everyone know what your books are, where they can get them, maybe about your podcast and anything else you want to really. Yeah. So as you said, I'm Carver Pike, horror author, Carver Pike. I write uh, indie horror really often. Some of my stuff is extreme, not all of it. I've, I wouldn't say it's as, any of it is, a, is as extreme as some of the super extreme books <laughs> out there. I know you've read, Stephen, you've read the Diablo Snuff series. So I know you could, you yeah, could say compared to other books. Huh? Are they pretty, pretty extreme? extreme? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that series is pretty extreme. So the madness um, is definitely right up there. So. I've been nominated for three Splatterpunk awards. Haven't won any yet, but been nominated <laughs> for three, uh, which was Slaughterbox and the Maddening, the two from the last two books of the Diablo Snow series, and and Faces of Beth, which just lost in the indie author brawl too. <laughs> <laughs> this is Faces of Beth. My latest book is Kin of the Fallen, which is my slasher versus uh, motorcycle club book. This one is pretty wild. Did you read this one? You read this one, yeah, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I read it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Kin of the Fallen is pretty wild. It's pretty graphic. That one would be, there's some extreme scenes in that one too. So I guess, yeah, I, I guess I, I toe the line of sometimes it's extreme and sometimes it's not. I try to let people know in the blurbs and stuff on Amazon, you know, what they're getting into at a time. Um, but yeah, I've written probably 30 something books across different pen names. I think I have about 15 out as Carver Pike, you know, in the horror, in the horror genre. Uh, as you said, I have a YouTube channel too. I It's called First Chapter Freak Show, where I read the beginnings of all my horror author friends' books, just like the first, the prologue, first chapter, just to kind of get you going. And the idea is people will hopefully like what they hear in that book and go check out that author's work and i still need to read your book on there we got to get you on the list so um so i can read your work too the the splatploitation books yeah just but, like um, i said beforehand not hack because nothing happens in the first chapter of hack any of the <laughs> it's just not that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were just chatting how sometimes you know some some books start out as like a slow burn and then you've got the ones that are just hardcore and wild even my own books, Kin of the Fallen, starts out with that awesome opening chapter. And then I read Faces of Beth on the show, which is really, Faces of Beth is my most popular book, but the first chapter is like the slowest. It's yeah. just kind of like a slow burn kind of a beginning yeah, to the book. It's the same hacks, my most popular now, but yeah, it's like yeah. it's the only book where I don't go full throttle straight away. Yeah. Right? But the idea of the show being like to grab their attention with that first chapter, I was like, shit, I don't even want to read my own book. Because <laughs> the first <laughs> the chapter show. was really slow. Yeah, it uh, works though. I brought um I brought Pillow Face after I heard you reading that. So Oh really? I yeah. love Pillow Face and I need to read the yeah. sequels to that. Christopher Rufty's yeah. books. Um he has the one that's the Pillow Face versus the Lurkers, and then he just came out with Pillow Face Rules, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are de- I definitely want to check those out too. 
Uh, as far as where you can find my work, it's all on Amazon. Everything's uh, with Kindle Unlimited. So if you're part of that program, I've kept everything enrolled in KU. I also have a website. It's carverpike.com. And there you can get all of my stuff signed. Um, the uh, So it's, yeah, everything is pretty much on there, I think, right now. And I will send to people overseas. It just, it costs more, sadly. I mean, it's nothing I can do about that. I mean, man, Australia so is horrendous. freaking ridiculous. Yeah. Like <laughs> somebody um, asked me to send a book to New Zealand or something like that or Netherlands. And then, um, yeah, so, I mean, just the prices are insane how much it costs sometimes to send the book, books overseas. Yeah, I was sending stuff to America. I, I have to charge double what the book yeah. basically is like if i charge right. like tenner for the book it's like 20 quid because of the post in it's yeah um, that's what i'm saying you go down to the post office and it's like this the shipping costs more than what you charge for the book it's yeah. just ridiculous man hmm. and i mean everything can be picked up on amazon over there for whatever the regular price is it's just to, i need to get book plates that's something that I'm working <laughs> on so i can send signed book plates out to people you know yeah. but yeah but um think that covers it right that i i do have tiktok uh, yeah. facebook instagram all that stuff. i'm on everything so pretty much you, all the um, you were saying you've put out a trailer as well recently right yes i'm glad you said that so one of my another a really popular series of mine the one that steven's read i think you've read all the books on your show right yeah. you've yeah. done awesome reviews of all the diablo <laughs> snow books and um all of them books one through five i created a teaser trailer just recently like uh last week so I asked Stephen to put it up at the end of the show, just so you guys can see that teaser I put out that shows those five books. But um, yeah, yeah, I absolutely love those five books. Like the Abyss is great. I'd like to put them put them together at some point into like an omnibus because I think people still get confused on the order to read them and stuff because I labeled a couple of them as side stories instead of mm. actually numbering them one, two, three, four, five. I, I think have... I asked you. I think yeah, it was either. I either asked you or you had a specific on one of them, you had like a kind of to read like in order list on like the blurb or something. Yeah. And then uh, that in that teaser trailer, you'll see them in order. I put the books in order. The way they show on there is the preferred. That's the order that I published them in. Um, really, the first four books can kind of be read in any order as long as the maddening is read last, because that's the big <laughs> massive novel door thumper of a novel doorstopper that'll uh that wraps up everything and brings all the characters together and things like that so you, you do that really have need to, to be the uh, others that would have to be separate right if you've done an omnibus it'd have to be like well that's what i was looking at i was like this thing is going to be insane like there's no yeah. the maddening alone uh, i don't have a copy out but the maddening alone i mean is like yeah. thick because i didn't notice like i went to read the maddening because i'd like so excited about it i was like yeah i'm gonna read it and i always checked the page count first and i didn't because i'd read the other four books so i was like i'm gonna read the maddening no matter what <laughs> and then yeah it's like fucking 500 pages i was like all the others are like a... 150 <laughs> that reminds me of the first book i ever read on a kindle was one of the game of thrones books like one of the george r, <laughs> r. martin books and i didn't know how big the book was i started watching <laughs> the show and then i was like oh i'm gonna start reading the books and I'm looking and I, and I, I didn't, you know, all I could see was like, you're still on 7%. And I'm like, <laughs> no, and I'm going, I'm like, how long is this damn book? And so I saw yeah. it in the store and then, yeah, it made sense after that. But it's kind of funny to read that as your first Kindle book ever. Like, yeah. this book, it doesn't take me this long to read a book in paperback. <laughs> Why am I so slow? Oh, man. Yeah, just, yeah I can like imagine. It's just stopped. <laughs> yeah, because the first book in the Diablo Snuff series of Foreign Evil is, is 
pretty short. I mean, it started out as just it was just a novella. There was never supposed yeah. to be a sequel or anything. I just kind of left it left you hanging a little bit and thinking, and that was it. And then I had a dream that gave me the idea for the second one, so I wrote that, and then it just kept going. And but all of them are, I mean, even Slaughterbox, the fourth one is not that big, and then you get the maddening, which is like three times the size of Slaughterbox, I think. So yeah, I think I read most of them in one or two sittings, and then the maddening took like a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you do it. You read, you're, you're a madman with reading books, man. I'm, I'm a slow reader as it is. And then with Kindle, I just, I feel like I always, I kind of rotate through books. I'll read like a chapter of one, a chapter of another, and just kind of, oh, I, I feel like that. I need to get through these books. And I just, uh, I have to pound you know, through. I, I never, yeah, and then I'll buy any. another one and it moves those books over. So I don't even see them yeah. anymore. And then you forget about them. So, yeah. Uh, no, see, that's the trick is I don't buy them until I'm reading them. So I only buy yeah. like one book at a time, read it, and then buy the next one. Because if I buy like 10 at a time, I'll read like three of them, and then the others will get uh-huh. lost somewhere. Like, yeah. Which is probably fine for the authors, but, you know, I like to actually read them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep up. Um, so, yeah, with the Diablo Snuff series, actually, a little quick question here. Did you write um, Shadow Puppets before Diablo Snuff or after? Because there's a little mention in there, isn't there? Yes. Is that like a little genesis of an idea, or was that just a little well, kind of Easter If you've read it, all of my books up until Scalp, I think. Yeah, because Scalp, Faces of Beth, and Kin of the Fallen don't do this. But every book before that, somewhere in the book, so Redgrave, Shadow Puppets, all the Diablo Snuff books, obviously, they all mention Diablo Snuff in some way, like oh, in Redgrave. You yeah, read I haven't Redgrave. Read, um, I haven't read Redgrave or Grad Knight. Well, and Redgrave, and Redgrave is, is another novella that I wrote. Redgrave, I think, was the first book. Redgrave was like the first horror book I wrote, I think, but I wound up going back and changing it. Like I changed it to first person and from a female's point of view. And like, um, and that one's about a, a female military member who's who volunteers to be a confinement officer for this guy that's been captured and they're keeping him over it's it's slightly based on a true story because i kind of other than the fact that in real life it wasn't a a crazy psycho killer but um i volunteered to do that post when i used to be in the air force security forces i um i volunteered to watch this inmate overnight and you couldn't have a gun all you could have was a flashlight and a radio Mm -hmm. And he was locked up in this room and you had to every hour in the hour shine a light in that little hole and make sure he was still there. He was okay. And then make sure that all the outlets were not catching on fire and things like that. Make sure everything was safe in the building. But I was basically alone with this guy. So taking that idea, I wrote Redgrave and then, but made it a female character and things change it to first person. So that came first, I think. And then I want to say, I think I wrote the first Diablo snuff book maybe. And then Shadow oh, Puppets. I think oh, Shadow okay. Puppets came before Grindhouse. So yeah, but yeah. Shadow Puppets, Redgrave, those are, and those are my most, I, I used to call them erotic horror, because those are the ones that you can tell with Diablo Snuff, even there's a lot of sex in those books, they're graphic, you know, very graphic. Yeah. So. Shadow Puppets, but Shadow One was definitely graphic. <laughs> Whereas now, I don't put as much of the graphic sex in there, I'm actually trying not to put it at all, but Kin of the Fallen I did, because it was a, a biker book, it's that world, like I just <laughs> felt like it was kind of like it needed to be raw and gritty, you know, so yeah but yeah awesome. um so yeah the um before we uh get started just let everyone know that um there will be spoilers uh we're going to chat about brian smith's depraved um 
I'll probably touch a little bit on Depraved 2 as well, um, but mostly the first book. Um, but yeah, there will be spoilers. So if you haven't read it before, kind of pause it, go off, read it and come back. Or just listen to me and Carver persuade you to go and read it afterwards. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just before we get started, um, why Depraved? Out of all the books you could choose, what made you go for that one? I want to say... I think Daniel Volpe might have mentioned it at one point on Written in Red or something like that. And we were talking about it and I'd, and I'd heard about it before. And I knew Brian Keene is a, you know, I'm friend. I'll, I'd consider myself kind of a friend of Brian Keene. I like him a lot. I don't know how he, if he considers me one, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I know he's worked with Brian Smith and continues to work with him and stuff like that. So I just kind of wanted to check out his books and I'd heard about Depraved quite a few times and I knew it was a series. So I wanted to, just check it out. And I honestly knew nothing about it other than there was probably going to be some depravity in there. But I, kn- I knew nothing about the, the storyline going into it. So it kind of surprised me in, in a good way. So and then I was like hooked and and have read the first second and I have the third now that I'm re- just kind of started. Awesome. Yeah, what about actually, you? Why, why, what got you? I actually, know you reread it, but what's what got you to originally read it? um actually it's odd it was um it was the first book i read in kind of splatterpunk and extreme horror so i was very kind of like given up with modern cinema i was just like it's not enjoying anything need to read stuff instead because i hadn't read many books at the time so i kind of googled like kind of you know what's the book version of torture porn or like video nasty or whatever (laughs) and one thing led to another and i found the um grindhouse press website um and yeah i was just scrolling through and i saw depraved i was like that's a great title and kind of thought i'd give this a go and yeah it was fucking outrageous i was like wait we're allowed to write <laughs> stuff like this like yeah. i never really read a book that had this stuff i mean i have now but at the time i was just like this is crazy there's like fucking rape and child murder within the first two chapters like what the hell's going on <laughs> yeah this one it's definitely wild man and yeah. it's got so many characters like it's got a lot of characters, but not in a bad way. Like some people can try to do that. They attempt to put a lot of characters in a book and they just blow it because you can't really follow them. You're not sure what's going mm-hmm. on. He does it masterfully. I mean, he does it in a way that you, even just now, I went back to kind of skim through it just to refresh my memory because as I told you off off the recording, I, I kind of mix up the first and second a little bit because I read them back to back. So, um, but yeah, there's like a lot of things that go on in the book that kind of weave together later on. Yeah. But you never, I, I never felt lost in any way. I don't know about you, but I always felt like I knew what was going on. No, I thought it was, I thought you'd done it incredibly well. Because the other thing is, is you don't, you're not looking to skip anyone, are you? You're not like, oh, it's no. so-and-so's chapter. Like, you know, let's just get through this. Exactly. Like, like, like going back crazy. to the, going back to the Game of Thrones books. I mean, there are a yeah. couple of characters that you're just like, all right, I kind of want to just get to the next <laughs> chapters, you know? Um yeah, exactly. And and when I say like you knew what was going on all the time, I mean you knew what you were reading. You weren't confused, but you hmm. it was kind of hard to guess what was going to happen because the scenes keep changing. I mean, they it takes you all over the place. And and Hopkins Bend, right, is the name of the town, yeah. and that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you're just like following several different characters that are. There's all kinds of wild stuff going on. Yeah, I know. There's uh, yeah, definitely a lot of characters, and like you said, you don't really get lost. I thought it was really well structured in that sense and kind of some of the storylines kind of interweave but 
like the main character Jessica like hers doesn't really she goes off on her own kind pretty of pretty much yeah like it's so it could have almost just cut it down to 100 pages of her would be our own thing but instead you get all this kind of extra richness of Hopkins Bend and you learn about this horrendous fucking place that no one should ever go near. <laughs> place you definitely don't want to ever go in your life <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um but yeah no like i said i was kind of hooked right from the beginning but like i said the first chapter like had jessica getting fucking raped and then taking this guy into the middle of nowhere to fucking kill him and then these hillbillies turn up and then this dude gets raped in the second chapter and she accidentally kills a kid and it was just like yeah. Like I've never read anything like that. Like at first I was just like, this is absolute madness. Like I did not know we could do any of this stuff. And see, I was I as I started reading it, I realized it was gonna be like kind of the backwoods cannibal type families, you know. And I and I should say I live in West Virginia, so which is where like the wrong turn movies and stuff are supposed <laughs> to be based and all. I mean, so I mean that's just kinda that kind of goes hand in hand with West Virginia. Almost I'd say most books that horror books written about West Virginia seem to want to touch on that kind of stuff. So yeah. um, I kind of read it. I, I think I read, I think I read Keelan Patrick Burke's Kin before mm. reading this. So I knew, so I was, you know, going into wondering how close, how similar they were going to be. And it's totally different. And both books are great. I don't Have you read Kin before? No, it's been recommended to me a few times. So it is on my list somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, and it's and it's a great one of those types of books too. Not nearly as wild as as Brian Smith's book. I mean, this one, Depravity, is just insane. <laughs> <laughs> or Ken is sick too. I mean, it's got its stuff going on too, but it's not as wild, I would say, as as depra as depraved is as yeah. the depraved books. And then yeah. I also, well, okay. I was going to say, working on Ken. I don't know if you read. You, did you read Cannibal Caviar, the short story that I wrote in the Exodus book? No, I haven't read that one. No, I'm turning that one into a novel because it was just for like a short run thing through Splatterpunk Zine, and um, I liked the short story so much. I'm turning it into a novel, and nice. it's it it's on along those lines. It has to do with West Virginia and <laughs> <laughs> cannibal families and stuff like that. So I mean, yeah, reading both of those, they're such good books. I had to really try not to mimic them in any way it's hard because you don't want to you know what i mean people no. to go oh you just copied this book or oh you just copied that book and stuff you know yeah. so and i'd always wanted to write that type of story but do it differently See, i was i was all right though i'd literally just finished writing abby u.s transportation brothers hillbilly farm which is that sort of thing and then i read the parade right yeah. afterwards and i was like oh okay like my book will fit into a world because at the time i didn't know about splatterpunk extreme horror i was just like I've written a horror book, but it's a bit too much. Like, what do I do with it? So that's kind of how I was like, oh, okay, there is a place for it. That's kind of what happened with me because when I wrote, um, I wrote a few the the first books you mentioned, like Diablo Snuff and Shadow Puppets and stuff. I knew they were very erotic. I came from an erotica writing background. I wrote a lot of that's one of my other pen names. I don't write in there under it anymore, but it was all erotica. So I was writing. I wanted to write horror. That's always been my passion, and I started writing these erotic these horror books that had graphic sex in them because i was trying to sell them to the audience to the erotica audience which you know doesn't really go hand in hand they don't necessarily <laughs> like horror so so i wound up breaking them off but now i had these books that were like erotic horror and i'm like i don't as soon as i called them that amazon started giving me problems like blocking my books and throwing them into that 18 
you know, the category where you had to turn on the filter yeah. saying you're looking for adult yeah. books and things. So nobody was finding my books. And I remember I actually messaged Rath James White at one point to tell him, like, I appreciated the fact that <laughs> I'd read uh, The Resurrectionist. And I knew that after seeing how he wrote, that was probably the first book I saw that was that graphic right in the opening scene. And I was thinking, I messaged him saying, it made me feel like, okay, I'm okay doing this. You know, like yeah. <laughs> I could just call my stuff extreme horror because it's not, I don't need to call yeah. it erotic horror. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's got all the other elements in it. It's just also has the graphic sex stuff in it. So yeah. Oh, you don't have to take but, that stupid Amazon box. Yeah. So it was the same thing. Like you saying, you discovered that you could, that you're writing extreme horror. That's kind of how I was like, oh shoot. I, I never even heard of extreme horror. I didn't know yeah. it existed. Now I do. So yeah no same like considering the amount of crazy shit i've watched film wise i've never heard of it book wise (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah like um yeah depraved definitely had a lot of characters in it um maybe we'll go through a couple of their kind of of them like um so did you like jessica as a as a main character did you think like with all the other characters around that she's the one that stood out to be the main character. Oh yeah, for sure. And especially, well, this is where I feel like I shouldn't talk spoilers. Like I know we say there's going to be spoilers, but I still <laughs> feel like I have to protect the book. You know what I mean? But I mean, I guess we could go ahead and say that she's a main character throughout most of the series, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that okay to say? So, so yeah, and as you see her kind of develop too and become just more of a kind of badass. I mean, she's a tough, she's, she's awesome. So yeah. I really liked following her along and stuff. And I even liked the characters of uh, I w- Pete and, and Megan that started out the couple that stopped by like the gas station and stuff. Yeah, Pete is kind of a douchebag. I mean, he was like right away judging everybody and mentioning <laughs> how like just thinking all these, you know, thoughts about his previous night, all the stuff he did with Megan, you know, I think he said he licked like whipped cream off her nipples or something <laughs> like that. Just basically saying she wasn't wife material, but she was like a good lay, you know. Yeah. And so right away, I'm just like, I can't, this guy's a douche, man. <laughs> but even I him, I think he starts to kind of like, you feel so bad for him and you want him to do okay, at least, you know, <laughs> like, and yeah. then Megan, though, I thought was a really cool character and I like how it goes, the, the strip club route and all that kind of stuff it was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really liked Pete and Megan, like I said, but Pete, like, I thought it was really funny. Like the whole idea of like, you know, this girl's great, but you know, not the one you bring home to your parents and then like after being fucking raped and chucked in a cage he's like oh that megan would make a good wife yeah i, lo- I love megan <laughs> i wish i could get back to her yeah like yeah his principles changed very quickly once he got absolutely annihilated by the hillbillies and then he's even introduced then there's like the other girl i can't remember her name the one that was in the cage with them and stuff uh, i mean justine justine okay yeah yeah and there's justine i would yeah, she was a character i kind of just forgot about till just now but yeah there's justine well like i said i haven't read it for a while and i've been i've read the second now i'm on the third so i can't remember some of the characters names but um but yeah he goes through through hell man yeah i think hope gets it worst but (laughs) yeah which is pretty pretty deserving (laughs) yeah i mean hope's the only character in the book kind of maybe abby as well but hoke i think is the only one who you're just you're not on his side at all like he's a scumbag racist uh, rapist straight away so yeah like, well fuck this dude but yeah he he gets it worse i think than anyone yeah so for anybody that so 
for everybody watching, Hoke is the character that Jessica, it starts out with Jessica has him in the trunk of the car because yeah. of what he did to her and is taking him out, planning to kill him basically until these hillbillies kind of show up and they're all like the mutated kind of, you know. And so Hoke is another character you follow through the book, but man, yeah, he go, he he gets it. I mean, he's got some, he goes through some shit, man. <laughs> Boy, literally. <laughs> yeah. So what other characters? Oh, you mentioned Abby. So Abby yeah. is is a she is a fam. Her family was the the Maynards, right? There's yeah. the Colliers, the Maynards. So there was the Maynards, and Abby was. I was just looking through this today. That's why I'm able to recall this stuff. She was 20 years old, had no kids. Where all her sisters and stuff had 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 like several kids by the age of 15 and stuff, you know, <laughs> yeah. impregnated by like their cousins and brothers and like. I love how matter of fact that said as well. Like, oh, she's on her seventh kid at 14 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and she's all and she's bitter about it because she yeah, wants, she's upset about like, not I just, having that. She said, not for lack of trying. Like she's tried. She slept with her cousins and all this stuff. Like <laughs> she's tried to get knocked up, but she's just not. It's not happening for. Her. So, I mean, yeah, you start out not liking her either. I mean, she's just a, a piece of shit, really. I mean, she's there helping. They they keep uh, people chained up in the basement when they catch yeah, them. Yeah, they've got uh, she refers to them as the, yeah. yeah, and she refers to her. But for the first several chapters, I was trying to remember what that girl's name was just now when I was skimming through it again. And it, the first several chapters, she refers to her as the dinner. That's yeah. what they call her, the dinner. Yeah. So I'm like, what, what was her name again? I had to keep going. I didn't know it was like chapter nine or 10 or something. They finally say her name. But I mean, she was referred to as the dinner for like the first quarter of the book or something. Like <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I like the way their relationship develops as well. That's one of the ones where as a reader, you can you can kind of signpost it, but it's amusing almost. Like it's a bit cruel, but... You're yeah, like, this is not going to go the way you hope, Abby. Like this, you can't keep someone chained up in your basement and then be like, "Oh no, we're cool now." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like, yeah. oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> but yeah, but then even her, like you know, you do feel a lot of sympathy for her, especially when she gets raped by one of the Kirshners because of her, her fucking sister. Like, is watching and taunting her, and that's a horrible fucking scene. That one. Yeah. And then you've got, um, well, at the strip club, there was the other girl that was kind of mean to uh, Megan yeah, at first. Helga. Then, yeah, yeah. Helga. I don't know if I want to say what happens there because that's just kind of a, a that you know I know we're saying spoilers, but anyways, what what was her name? Do you remember? Uh, her name is Helga. Yeah. Oh, Helga. You just said it. Yeah, Helga. Yeah. This this would I think this would it would never be made into a movie probably unless it was like done by one of these extreme horror directors or they would just water it down so much and make it yeah, like a... the thing it reminded me of when i first read it again i didn't have a big reference at the time was preacher uh gareth Innes's preacher yeah and i was like well they couldn't fucking turn that into a tv show properly they had to get rid of all the good stuff so i was like there's no way they could do depraved um yeah, see, yeah, I've never really, I've never read Preacher. I know what you're talking about, and I've seen just the first episode or two of the show. Yeah, and it seemed like a cool show, but I'm sure the 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 books the are graphic much novels worse. are way more intense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then the Depraved series as well. Like as it goes on, it just gets more and more ludicrous. Like it's somehow gets. Yeah, I just enough, like yeah. Like, I said something about Brian's writing on like Twitter or something. I said that like 
to me, Brian Smith, it's like he's, I said, it's like he's banging out his stories on blood soaked bongos. It's like, he's just <laughs> bang, 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 just hitting you with, spl- you know, splatter. And it's just, it's, I mean, it just balls to the wall action, really. I mean, it just keeps going and going and going. I mean, every chapter mm-hmm. there's, you know, when you talk about books that, um, one of the things you learn about writing is if, if it doesn't move the story forward, it probably shouldn't be there, you know? And, and sometimes that's hard to do because you're trying to also do character development and stuff like that. But yeah. man, his books, I feel like everything pretty much moves the story forward. I mean, it's, you're just yeah, going. I mean, I've read 11, 12 of his books and yeah, they're all just great. Like he's a Yeah. I've only guy. read, I've only read these depraved books so far, the first, second, and like I said, I'm starting the third. Yeah. I have quite a few of his. I don't have any paperbacks. I really want to get because I want to get those si- like from him signed. So I need to order some. I know he sells, he sells them on his website. I don't know if it's just BrianSmith.com. I mean, or if no, it's I don't sure. know what his website is. But um, if you look it up and if you look yeah. him up, I'm sure you can. I know he on Substack. I think yeah. his yeah on Substack where he mentioned his websites and stuff like that is like the book that he just put out not too long ago with the house. I got yeah, that one. I've got, um, I've got that to read next, actually. That's like one of my next yeah. reads, Dead House. I haven't yeah. read it yet, but I got it on Kindle. But I, I was going to get the paperback, but I want to get it from him. I don't want to order it from Amazon yeah. and then just, you know, have to chase oh. him down later at some point and be like, can you sign my book? I definitely <laughs> so. recommend uh, finishing the Depraved series. But yeah, Killing Kind is probably my favorite of his. I loved Killing yeah. Kind. They've made a movie out of one of his, too. Out of, uh... He does have a movie out. I just can't remember I which one. Yeah, nice. Is there one? There's something about a road or something. Sixty-six or something like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can't remember the name of the title of the book. I haven't read that one, yeah. but they, there is something like there is a movie out bullets. based on one of his books. Yeah. But, I want to um, say sixty-six bullets or bullet sixty-six, but I'm probably wrong there. I and I know Brian Keane has mentioned a lot that one of his favorite like zombie kind of novels was "Slowly We Rot." Is that that's Brian Smith too, right? Not sure. The title. Let me look it up. I don't. I read um, Dead Hooker Storage. That was weird. That was <laughs> a good fun. I'm pretty sure it's called Slowly Rot, and I have it. I just haven't read. Like I said, I have all these. I just haven't had time to. I can't catch up with all the reading. But I'm mm-hmm. looking that up right now. because uh, that's supposed to be an excellent book. Yeah, definitely. Someone who's got a lot of good work out there. Let me just make sure. So what did you think of um, Garner in Depraved as the sort of the big bad? Garner. That was another character that just kind of threw me for a loop because other than Garner, everything else is pretty much real world. I mean, other than, you know, the mutated kind of Mm. freaks that are chasing around and stuff like that. I mean, but it all still seems possible. You know what I mean? And then you've got Garner, this kind of like this, like sort of supernatural kind of character that, um, that uh he was he was an awesome addition to the book though i'll say that i mean it definitely i like that character a lot in fact i was saying that i kind of wished i thought he was going to show up in the sequel and i was totally wrong (laughs) um like i thought that he was going to pop back up somehow and then like you know be like a recurring kind of character yeah but so yeah it is slowly we rot so i was right and then he's got dead end house is the name of the the house we were talking about yeah. And then Last of the Ravagers is his Splatter Western. I need to read that too. I've read that I liked, one, yeah. That was I like the Splatter fun. Western book, but I'm not up to up to speed on those at all. So Yeah, Last of the Ravagers is um 
It's a bit more supernatural than a lot of the other Splatter Westerns. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah the, um, what you were saying about Garner is interesting. That, um, there is a little bit of that in each depraved book, that like kind of real world setting, but then that slight supernatural thing, like obviously yeah. it's more obvious in the second with the zombies. Yeah. But the third book's got a very surprising one, which I won't give away because you're reading Yeah, so I need it. to keep reading the third because I just and started yeah, that the one. The fourth one goes slightly into sort of sci-fi territory as well. It's He's always got one weird sort of element in a mostly real I forgot there setting. was a fourth. There is a fourth one, isn't there? I don't think, I don't yeah. know if I own that one. I think I might just have up to the third. But yeah, um, I think like one and two go together and like three and four sort of go together. They're like two lots. <laughs> the third two. one, I, I've only read the opening chapter, I think, to the third one, but just that opening chapter because it is a prison setting in the third one. It remind yeah. me of those old like '80s like caged heat kind of like yeah. you know like oh, it's, it's, like, a, it's the women in prison sort of films. It's exactly yeah, like exactly yeah. like those old like yeah. '80s movies. Like was it caged heat? There was like a whole series yeah. of like, movies yeah. about women in prison, like uh, Big Bird House and Caged Heat and all those like Pam Grier ones and yeah, like, Mama White Mama, all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's very much like a kind of black exploitation sort of women behind bars thing. Yeah. Um, Oh, there's so That's many the... things in there that I'd totally spoil for you at the moment, so I'm doing my best not to mention yeah. any of them. Yeah, don't do spoilers on that one, because on the third yeah. or fourth, I haven't read those yet. <laughs> so many things Everybody in Everybody else one. should turn off if they don't want to get any spoilers, but I can't turn off. I'm here for the interviews. About yeah, exactly. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, he's. I, I haven't talked to Brian much before, like just through chat a little bit, and he seems like a really nice guy and stuff like that. I don't. I don't think he does many um, like appearances and stuff. I don't think. No, I've never spoken to him. him. Like I think he's liked a few kind of tweets or whatever, but no, he's not someone who I see regularly on social media or. His Substack though, he does. Um, is he the one? That, I think it's called Depravity Lane. Is his Substack? Yeah. I yeah, believe. I, think I'm on that. Yeah. So I know he does that pretty regularly, but I don't know if he does signings. Like he hasn't been to the Scares That Care the last couple ones. I know. I don't know if he does a lot of signings and stuff, but I'd like I to meet him. He was. At some point. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought he was involved in one of them. I thought maybe. Scares That Cares was something that he was kind of a part of in some way. But... Oh well, there is. A, there's another Brian Smith too, though. That might not. That's right. probably not him. But there's a Brian sure, Smith yeah. that is involved in Scares That Care. But but um. Because I thought the same thing when I saw the name, and then I I've met the other Brian Smith at the right. events and stuff. So yeah, I've seen know. the other Brian Smith on paper on um, Facebook. But yeah, <laughs> it's confusing. Yeah, I think he's the one that's involved in the scares that care stuff. So right. okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but but maybe uh, he'll yeah. get to meet him at some point. Yeah, it would be cool. Um, so yeah, like depraved. Did it, um, it's, yeah, like you said, it's one of those books that didn't really, you couldn't really work out what was going to go on next, right? Like, yeah, you could follow it, like, you won't get lost, but there was no way you could be like, oh, I can see where this is going. Like, is it just, it was never going to go that way. And that's what was so cool about it is you could, you get to the new settings, like, for example, the strip club, and you're just like, all right, what's going to happen here now? <laughs> like, yeah, it just keeps going and going and turning and twisting and, and the second one was like that a lot too. So I mean, you've got the diner that was just, just insane. Diner. Yeah. The diner was just wild, man. In the second one, and then you've got Jessica again in, in the second one, which, uh, like I said, I don't know how much we should say. No, you can <laughs> say a little bit. I gave a warning. Basically, in the second one, Jessica's more like a 
like a assassin or something like something for the mil like a military like a government um like an assassin a government assassin or something and because of who her dad was and stuff with the military and all that and then uh so she gets kind of like falsely blamed for killing somebody there's like people killed and it looks like she did it so she's on the run from the police and stuff and decides the only place she could go where no one would think to find her is back to hopkins bend (laughs) you know at this this point it's supposed to be like a wasteland i mean it's like it's been wiped out and stuff and so she goes back there and uh I didn't yeah. like her in the second one. I thought she was fucking horrible in that book. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was pretty yeah. terrible. Like, I loved the character, but some of the stuff she was doing, I was like, you're going way off course here, girl. Like, that's... Yeah, she was practically shit, becoming girl. one of them, like, you know? Yeah, that was nasty. But yeah, in the first book, I um, you kind of got a hint of that, didn't you, when she went back to the kind of suburban area and that other guy got brutally fucking killed. And then, like, yeah, see, that's the part where I was trying to. I was trying to get ahead of the, in the book when I was skimming earlier. I was trying to see because that's the part I couldn't remember which was part one and which was part two because there's yeah. there's a guy but in each of them really. Yeah, that's the part that I was rereading it. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that did happen in book one because she kind of goes a step further in book two. But yeah. this is sort of the beginnings of her being like, you know what, fuck all of you. I'm I'm out for myself. (laughs) Exactly. She's like, I'm done with this, man. (laughs) (laughs) Anything you can do, I can do better. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I forgot that that was sort of the genesis of that was the kind of the nosy neighbor who just unfortunately got in her way. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that was pretty terrible. So, but yeah, I'm trying to think what other. um... In a second. And then, see, yeah, this. The stuff with Pete and Megan then, where you were, uh, Pete and, sorry, Pete and Justine, where, did you feel like they were doomed? Or did you think, oh, there's a, a way out here? Or kind of where were you thinking that was going? Did I don't you think know. he was just going to get eaten? <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured he was probably going to get it. Yeah. I didn't think they were, they had much. And that's the thing with this, with this book is there's so many characters. Some make it, some don't. And you don't know which yeah. ones are and which ones won't. And and even the ones that do, they they might barely make it. <laughs> like, yeah. there's little nobody really gets out on the end. I mean, everybody's been through some. I mean, to survive, you really have to get. You know, everybody yeah. who survived made it. I mean, it was by the skin of their teeth, and they really got. Well, no one survived in any way by being themselves, right? Like they had right, to. Basically. They had to kind of adapt and just. They had to. They had to become be pretty depraved themselves, yeah. you know. So I guess that's kind of maybe the yeah. point of the book too is. How far will you go? What will you yeah. become? To... Again, that gets fucking worse as the series goes <laughs> to survive, on. You know? <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And did you like Hopkins Bend as a whole? Like, good setting? Yeah, I did. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. And, um, and all the different families and stuff, because it wasn't like it was just one family. I mean, they were like, mm there's that holiday coming up so they were all trying to like get their get their their dinners ready i guess you know be able to provide, yeah, provide that something was, for this. and that, that was, was because it wasn't that because of the garners garners i wrote it down garners blight right yeah yeah it was garners blight and then you like, had like the old families like the 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 mainers and the the Kirshers, the main two but i love the fact that there's like this kind of 
um sort of elitism within this fucking hillbilly community where they're laughing at this other family who kind of ate their meal before the festival last time because they're so poor yeah. or whatever they're like you're fucking cannibals what are you doing like <laughs> yeah it's true it's like this hierarchy different of classes like... of cannibals like. yeah. yeah i forgot about that that's true too yeah they were kind yeah. of making fun of that other family yeah because they're like oh they're gonna make it this year they're actually gonna bring a tribute or are they going to eat her beforehand or whatever? Like, yeah, obviously, yeah. um, it was so brutal the way it was described. It was like the fat friend of Michelle that they had, and like, Abby just kept referring to her as like the fat one, and Michelle's getting like <laughs> yeah. more and more wound up. But you're like, she's just some cannibal girl. She's not going to be politically correct or nice. She has no idea. Yeah, and that's and that's true. And I mean, yeah, I mean. They're depraved, so <laughs> they're exactly, yeah. twisted individuals. So you can't expect them to be politically correct. <laughs> no, yeah, I thought that was all kind of very well done because you you want to feel for Abby, like you want her to be all right, but kind of you know where she's come from and what she's done and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, man. And that I was going to say earlier when you mentioned her is like, yeah, it's weird how you you do start to feel kind of for Abby, like feeling kind of bad for her and you kind of want her to make it. And, but then you're like, she doesn't deserve it. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say too kind much of, about her, but. No, but she kind of hints at what she's done in the past, hasn't she? And yeah. how she's treated people. and Just right like, off the bat, how she treated Michelle. I mean, didn't she like yeah. cut her and stuff right in the beginning? Yeah, like, yeah. She, she was down there her and abusing her, her and like, yeah, just treating her like shit and, you know, laughing about it. And it was a plaything, basically. It's like she wasn't treating her like a human being. Like you said, they were referring to her as dinner. Like, yeah. it's and To me, it's hard to talk about the first one without going. I keep wanting to go into the second one more and stuff like because it's weird, crazy how the the family is still like on the outskirts and stuff of, of, of uh, what is it called? Hopkins, Hopkins Bend. Bend. Yeah. Like at Hopkins Bend, they're still trying to make it and survive, and they're <laughs> just and they're still like just this me- these messed up families. And there's that mom that's in the uh, the house that can't get out of bed and stuff. It's like shitting on herself. And stuff. Oh yeah, is that <laughs> like, um? I forgot who that was. So it was the, like the, old... the girl who's sort of a bit of a witch. Is it her yeah. mom? Isn't it? Yeah. Was it her mom or was it her? Some was it her mom? I can't remember if it was her mom or if she was yeah. related to her somehow. I don't know. Like an all related. or grandma, I don't know. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed the second one as well. I Like you, I read it straight away. I finished the first one and was like, right, let's yeah. move on to Depraved 2. Which for me is odd because there aren't that many series where I'm, you know, sometimes when you read the first book in a series, you get kind of, you need a break kind of before you go to the next yeah. one. And then um, with these books, like I just kind of jumped right into the next one and then I jumped right into the third one too. And then I just wound up getting like interrupted and I just haven't <laughs> had a chance to go back to it yet, but it's still there and it's fresh in my mind, like to read the third one. So, but yeah, I mean, they definitely keep you reading. Whereas some yeah. series, some, there are quite a few series out there where you absolutely love the first book and then the others are just like, eh, I'll just kind of keep the first. Yeah, I've done, um, like I did with your Diablo snuff series. I've done a video for the depraved ones talking about all four of them and, like they're all just really good. Like just trying to work stay, out which I gotta one stay I, like I gotta most. not watch those videos then for sure. <laughs> yeah, not yet. You can watch them after you read them for. 
And you did you did it all in one video, right? Or you did them all separately? Yeah. Well, I done um I read Depraved One and Two before I started the channel. And then I think the third one I covered as like a monthly sort of roundup, same as the fourth. Okay. And then yeah, like kind of half a year later, I think I done all four of them just as a kind of going through the series because because they're all great and as Brian says in his notes, he kind of didn't want to do the same thing each time, and that's why he kept changing genre. And it's just very interesting to see a series that follows one character through kind of four yeah. different genres. Well, that's like with Diablo Snuff. I I tried to do a little bit. Every book in that series is totally yeah. different, really, until you get to like the fifth, where it kind of brings them all together brings and them, stuff. Yeah. And some people have told me like. It, they weren't sure about reading the second or the third because they just thought it was going to be like or when um, when they read the first one they thought they were all going because the name snuff in there sometimes yeah. i kick my own self i don't know where i came up with diablo snuff i don't know why that name it just came to me and i said perfect i don't know i was living in panama you know there's the diablo rojo buses which are the crazy <laughs> paint spray painted buses and stuff and i don't know i just said diablo snuff it sounded like an evil organization kind of and decided to go with it not even thinking about the fact that people were going to not read them because they thought they were like snuff films. They thought mm -hmm. it was a whole series just about snuff films and it has nothing to do with snuff films. Really. So, <laughs> that's a, so I'm saying it's I kind of want to myself sometimes like, why did I do that? That's one of those things where I was just a young writer, just kind of having fun with it, not really planning for the future, you know? Uh, I don't know. Cause I found it a nice surprise. Like I love the torture porn genre. So when I read foreign evil, I was like, Oh, this is great. Yeah, this is, you know, exactly the sort of thing I like. And then when I started reading Grindhouse, yeah, like it was kind of like, oh, okay, like this is like you established quite after the first chapter, you're yeah. kind of like, oh, okay, this is actually quite yeah, different. Yeah, because like, the first well, I chapter really starts know, out. I don't know where this one's going to go. So I, I thought it kind of works the opposite way. I kind of liked it like that because I had a preconception that was like, oh, okay, I'm in for a bit of a surprise here rather than I'm going to get more of what I liked sort of thing. Well, somebody just mentioned the other day when I put that trailer up on Facebook, somebody commented in there saying, oh, they're not like snuff films. Like, oh, I'm going to run out and get them now. Yeah. I think it was Holly because Holly's been buying my books recently. And I think she <laughs> said, like, oh, I got to go grab, grab I got to get that series now. I wasn't going to get it because she thought it was um, like yeah. snuff films. And and they're not at all. I mean, <laughs> there's some torture porn stuff in it in the beginning, like the first book and starting out in the second. But then they all just have their own kind of story going yeah, on i mean the snuff aspect is more like the kind of the trailers right and the yeah. stuff that's shown in the various cinemas or whatever throughout where you've got that kind of film stuff in there yeah that's exactly the stuff side yeah rather yeah. than yeah being a snuff book and i don't mean to keep turning this back to my books i was just thinking like <laughs> with depraved he did that kind of same thing where each book was something kind of totally different and that was pretty cool so yeah, no, I like that. I'm trying it with Abby. I've just done like the first one's like a hillbilly horror, and then the second's like a something like the Warriors or something. It's like an urban horror. And the oh, third's cool. going to be like a kind of classic universal it. horror. Like, I like series that do different genres for each yeah. book. And yeah, one of the main reasons I like that is Depraved and Diablo Snuff both kind of showed that you could do that. Like, as long oh, as you've got cool. that interesting through line, it kind of worked really well. Yeah. I like I love having like universes too that connect. That's why like in Shadow Puppets and Red Grave and stuff, I kind of hint yeah. at Diablo Snuff so you can see they're at least in the same 
world you know the diablo yeah. stuff has something to do with and even in scalp which is my the parasitic headlights book that one doesn't mention diablo snuff but i'm working on the prequel and it will kind of just mm-hmm. briefly touch you know kind of go at this point right it, it kind of connects them because with scalp it didn't so this will kind of connect scalp to that universe too sort of so but yeah, yeah. i'm quite bad at that i i don't do it like i used to in my scripts and my film scripts i always used to just put like a little line here or there that would just no one else would know but i would know but yeah i don't really do it with my books like i don't know i just think it's kind of neat because it's not enough to really change the story but it's enough for people who are really into my books to be like ah i caught that you know like i caught yeah. the you know, well yeah I, I don't know if you i think i messaged you when i like saw it in shadow puppets i was like what like because it's right yeah. at the end of the book you're like i've nearly read this whole book and then there's this like diablo snuff easter egg <laughs> and then i've actually done something on accident where i think it was in the the grindhouse there was somebody named like dorothy or something i can't remember what the woman's name was and in another book that I wrote way after that, like Scalp or something, there's a character with that name. Right. And, it, and and somebody messaged me and was just like, oh, I got that connection. Is that the same? And I was like, no, not, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was a total accident. <laughs> like, I didn't even realize I used the same name in two different books. I mean, because they weren't like main characters. You know? Oh, it was Grad Knight. The yeah. name of the librarian was the same as like the name as the, of the, I think the, the, manager of the hotel or something like that it's where the far name. too easy it's far too easy to do there's certain names that i just love and like i use them and i'll realize halfway through the fucking book they're like oh i used that last book like i had, a, I, had I actually <laughs> started at one point a spreadsheet of names so i wouldn't yeah. do that but it's so hard to keep up with you know when i'm busy writing yeah. i don't have time to go to a spreadsheet and be like oh i use this now i use this name and <laughs> i use this name and so it wound yeah. up being a waste of time anyways, because I don't even use the spreadsheet. But yeah, I worry about that all the time. Like I'm going to use yeah. the same name and now. Well, I think so. I did use the same name like for two books in a row and didn't even realize. I was just like, oh, too late now. It's done. Well, how did, I, did you hear, did I tell you what happened with uh, the, the Diablo snuff books and the hashtag, who the fuck is? Uh, yeah, I read, I read a little bit about it after the fact. Um, well, I changed it. I fixed Michael, it. Michael, wasn't it? Well, Michael's the character in book one. And then when I wrote yeah. The Grindhouse, he shows up at some point in that book, just shows up again in the book. But I called him John in The Grindhouse. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I thought his name was John. I have no clue why. Um, and then I actually published The Grindhouse. This was a long time ago. And then I was reading reviews on Goodreads. And somebody said something about my, oh, their something about michael or something i'm like who the fuck's michael like (laughs) name's john and then i went and looked and i was like oh my god like i've already published the book and everything no one's gonna know who this guy is like he's supposed to be michael from the first book (laughs) and messaged amazon like hey i'm sending like a new you know i was sending the new document wondering if they could push it through to people's kindles and everything because the book had already come out so yeah so my friend rochelle actually um, made me so if some people out there got the uh like the john paperback like yeah john paper probably <laughs> so the uh my friend rochelle made me t-shirts with hashtag who the fuck is john <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man it's it's hard to do i don't know why i did it but it was just yeah i was so convinced i didn't even question it i'm like his name is john that was his name but no it was michael yeah, i bet you never <laughs> made that mistake again nope <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, I had one recently where the one I'm writing at the moment, I for some reason I called the character Brendan, even though in my head it was Brandon. I was like, I'm going to keep fucking switching nonstop like during this whole book. So I need to uh, like, pick a lane, otherwise this is going to go horribly wrong. So <laughs> after like two chapters, I changed it to Brandon because I was like, that's the one in my head. So otherwise this is going to yeah, keep changing. I've had that happen and, before too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so did you read the stories afterwards at the end of Depraved? Did you read the three little shorts afterwards? No, you know what? I don't think I realized there were three shorts. I just today when I went to go skim through the book again, it just kind of refreshed my memory, and I clicked on the table of contents on accident and mm. saw those like stories at the end, and I was like, I don't think I read those. I don't even know I they don't, were there. I don't know if they were there when he first. Like I don't know, like in the early copies, whether it was there or not. Maybe not, because I, I mean, my even my Kindle said it was a hundred percent. It had me like at the end of it just now when I went in. Right. I had to actually, that's how I, I got to the table. Like, I was trying to go back to the beginning of the book. And then, yeah, I guess sometimes you have 100% and it's like the end of the story, but you still got, uh, it's like, end yeah, of I guess book, I just you still got a percentage afterwards. Like it, this happens a few things. Like, no, so are they related to, they're part yeah, of the grave? Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, one of the stories is about Pete and Justine. Another okay. of the don't, stories don't, is about Don't spoil Megan. them for me because I'm going to no, no. go read them now. <laughs> Another's about Megan and the other's about um, Michelle and Lucy. So it is all Wait, maybe relevant. I did. Was this like where it showed somebody, one of them in a hotel or something like that? Uh, Megan and Helga are in the hotel, yeah. Okay, maybe I did read them then. I might not even realize they were separate stories. I thought maybe I just um, thought they were other chapters or something. Yeah, Pete's at the beach. Okay, yeah, I did read those. Okay. And yeah. Michelle and Lucy are in the car trying to go away. I don't know, I'm going to have to go back and look at them again, <laughs> but I I do remember the Helga and Megan thing, and I do yeah. remember the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they definitely. But now, now I kind of want to go look at them again <laughs> because I don't remember them well enough. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, what else have we got? Um... Yeah, I don't know. I just, um, like I said at the beginning, I just, they took me off guard because I hadn't read anything like it before. And they're just, yeah, just incredibly violent and brutal. And no one could be trusted. And the cops were fucking insane. And the strip club was absolutely mad. And pretty much every, they're like an entire town that just lives off grid from the rest of the United States. But they can't, they're not yeah. touched by anybody. They just do whatever they want. Everybody in that town just does whatever the hell they want to. Yeah, but yet there's this like front town as well, right? Like this little suburban street. It's like this is what people think Hopkins Bend is, but actually, right. It's... And I guess that's where I think it was in part two that they mentioned like a Walgreens or a CVS, and I was yeah. like, I was like, I would have never imagined like a Walgreens or CVS <laughs> in Hopkins Bend. But then yeah. I guess that's part of that suburban town, yeah. That like it kind of is to trick you into thinking this is you know, it's just nothing going on here. It's all. Rosie. That's what the um the army are going into, isn't it, or something? Like, yeah. Is it the army they're investigating the the Walgreens and you're like, yeah, you're like what the fuck is that doing there? I was like, there's a Walgreens, Hopkins <laughs> <laughs> Bend. I would have never thought of that. <laughs> Just adds to the weirdness of it all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, definitely yeah. a great book. And now I can't yeah, wait to read the third one, especially because you said there's like that kind of supernatural or something going on there too. Oh, it's it's. Yeah, I won't ruin it, but it's insane. Like, it's the sort of thing that you would want to message Brian and be like, 
what the fuck, dude? Like that's <laughs> that's mad. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And he the fourth one. So he's got a fourth one. I don't is is it done? Do you know, or is he planning to add? To yeah, it no, or? no, the fourth one's done. Yeah, no, it was done ages ago. Uh, no, I mean, is the fourth one like the end of the series? Like he's it's complete, um, or do you think he's still planning to add to it? I, I don't know if he's mentioned. I think, judging by like the way he was changing genres, I think he's probably done. Um, but yeah, like. There could be more, I guess, but I think Always he's probably done more. with it. Yeah, I think he's probably yeah. done with it. But I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like, I mean, you probably think all the time that, oh, do I want to do another Diablo snarf? Like, I feel like he might have mentioned in a newsletter or something, and I could be totally wrong. So I hope I'm not. But I feel like he hinted at maybe like doing something else with it. Yeah, I think whenever you do a series, is that fucking good and. Like, yeah, yeah, there's always once, once you've been away from it for a while, you're like, oh, I've got another idea. Like, it's kind of like with PlayStation or whatever the companies, the Japanese companies held off on Final Fantasy VII remake for so many years because yeah. they knew it was like a money maker. They knew that whenever times got tough, they could always just launch yeah, that as a remake because that, that game yeah. was so popular. And they waited for so many years, man, to do that. <laughs> so yeah, when you have this kind of series like that, it's like. Kind of like, kind of, and with again, just comparing it like with Diablo Snuff, like I hinted at the end of another book coming, and I do plan to write another book at some point, like a side story though, not an actual, mm-hmm. you know, main Diablo Snuff book. Or I could not write it. I don't know, and just leave <laughs> you thinking about it first. Yeah. <laughs> Which would just piss everybody off. But <laughs> I mean, the book itself, I don't think really leaves you hanging. I mean, it wraps up, but then it's just got that little last chapter that kind of leaves you wondering and. You know, I was more still uh, waiting for the one with you and Lucas. Like, I don't know if that's still happening or not. Yeah, I think we both have just gotten really busy, but it's still in the works. I mean, he's got it right now. I wrote my last chapter and sent it to him, and so he's had it. And he's, but he's working on several other things too. So it's not like a rushed yeah. project. It's just kind of yeah. a fun thing that we're doing. That when it's done, we'll send it out. You know, but we're not. Yeah. Neither of us are like pedal to the metal on it. You know, trying to get it done by a certain deadline or anything like that oh, originally we, no... want, we we wanted to get it done by scares that care yeah. but like i said again we're both working on so many different things at the same time that it's like when it's it one of the reasons i love self-publishing i just i don't want to fucking hit deadlines when i'm oh yeah working on something like i just want to when it's ready it's ready like, yeah i'll be the way it is that and then the changes to it you know what i mean like oh we don't know if people yeah. will be receptive to this so we should probably change this and that and Especially when you're writing extreme horror. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think the last two books, I completely changed the endings on both of them while writing them, which you just can't do if you've got a deadline to hit. Well, sometimes, like the book I'm working on now, too, I'm trying to decide with Kin of the Fallen, that's the first time in a book, in a horror book anyways, that I used two two POVs. So Hmm. every time it was in... um, Bailey's point of view, the main female character, I used first person because I wanted you to really connect with her and like she's telling her story, you know. And then all the other chapters that were about the killer, mostly killing people and stuff, I did in third person. So it was just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I had somebody message me and ask if that was a mistake. And I'm like, no, I, I, all Bailey's chapters are in first person, all the others are in third, you know. So it wasn't a mistake, it was done on purpose. And the book I'm working on now, I kind of have it the same way. Like this one character, I like having hers in one first person and the other stuff in third. Yeah. So, but I, I go back and forth with that stuff a lot. Like, do I want to do it in first person or do I want to 
with horror, I've always felt like when you have a first person story, which is funny because I think all the Diablo snuff books were in first person, I believe. But um, I've always felt like with horror, when it's in first person, it kind of makes you feel safer because you kind of feel like they're probably not going to die since they're the ones telling the story. It's not <laughs> always the case, but if they're telling the story, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, they're going to make it at least to the end of the book. So that's one of the things about horror and doing first person is I like to kind of usually a third seems to work better, but yeah, I still haven't tried first. I I just like third. I just like, I like being able to put in those extra little details that yeah. the character might not know, but I can tell the readers like, you know, just suits my style more. I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I remember kind of the fallen it kept changing. Like I, I hadn't really read one that done that as much. I think yeah. I mentioned it in the review of Kind of the Fallen. I was just like that. Like, you know, I found and it really interesting um, that you kept changing it. And hopefully it doesn't get like annoying to, I read a, on the romance side, I'd read a book like that, like a biker book. And all the females chapters were in first person. All the males were in third. Cause it went back and forth, alternated between the male and female characters. And at first it bothered me. It was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. I don't know. It just bothered me. But then I realized it was purposely done. You know what I mean? And, it, yeah. and once I got used to it, it was fine. So hopefully that doesn't turn anybody off, but just know it's purposely done, obviously. Like <laughs> I like, I like Bailey's character. I like, she's a very spunky, sarcastic, kind of like, um, just a really cool character. And I like from her point of view, she can throw in those jokes and it just feels like it's in her head, what she's thinking. Like, you know, it's almost what? like a, diary almost when you're reading it in first yeah. person yeah. it worried me like when it changed to third it worried me because it had been quite a few chapters of bailey and then yeah. the the uh killer turned up and it wasn't bailey's story anymore and i was like oh shit like is she gonna get it <laughs> <laughs> well then good then it worked even better than yeah. I. <laughs> so yeah it worked even better you've learned because i thought the shift of yeah perspective was because like oh fuck like she's done like yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, with romance and some of the other genres, first person seems to work better a lot of the times. With mm. horror, it just depends on the book, I think, and what you're trying to yeah. accomplish with it. So, I think so. Uh, so. Is there any more with um, with Depraved at the moment that you want to go over? I don't think so. I mean, it's just just a wild book, man, and it's so cool. It's, I mean, if you haven't read these books, you definitely should. And I would try to get signed copies from brian try to get to his website and see if he has any i think the last time i looked for depraved on there it was sold out that was yeah. a while ago um so he probably has more by now yeah but, i think um, um because it's uh grindhouse press isn't it so it's not self-published in any way so i don't know yeah so i don't know but i think he still had it on his website i think right i'm not sure um because he could still get the copies from them you know but um Anyways, it's worth a try. I would definitely check it out and check out any of his work because I'm telling you, if he can write, if he writes that well with those that series, then anything he writes is going to be golden. I just need to get into reading the rest of his stuff. I, re I want to finish the parade before I move on to you know another book of his. But yeah, well, he's got. Uh, um, you said Killing yeah. Kind is one of my favorites, but then there's uh, there's another book I can't remember the name of, uh, but it's got a fucking head in separated on the cover. <laughs> and then it's got like Monster Squad is like the third or fourth book. And it's like it's a series of books that you don't know is a series of books. You're like the characters pop up again and you're like, oh, shit. Like, 
Is this uh, related? Like, he's one of those authors. I think I could probably read anything he writes and like yeah. it. I think Christopher yeah. Rufty's a lot like that too. Like I've read, yeah. I loved Pillow Face, and I just started. Um, what's the one with the axe on the cover? All, all of them will die, or something like that. All will uh, die. All die screaming, or something like that. All die screaming. No, that's no, that's Triana. Christopher Triana has that one. Yeah, uh, Rufty yeah, all will die, or something like that. Something yeah. like that. You'll know it when you see yeah. it because it's got the axe. It's an awesome cover. It's got the axe yeah. and the reflection of the woman screaming in it. Which I think the woman on that cover, she looks like. Um, uh, the actress is in Hereditary, the main one. Uh, I can't remember uh, her name. Tony, every time I see uh, that cover, yeah. what is it? Tony Collette, is it? Yes. And any, every time, go look at that cover again and tell me it doesn't look like <laughs> Tony Collette screaming on that act. It almost looks like he got got her to pose for that picture. So, But um, yeah, I started that one and that one's really cool too. It's got an awesome opening. Did you read that one yet? No, I've read um, Proud Parents, uh, Devoured of the Dead and the escapement i think it's called the one that's got a couple of short no- novelettes yeah uh, i've only and i've only read pillow face other than this one that i'm reading but his yeah, style pillow face is one of my absolute favorites yeah. i love that book so. me too so but yeah. um yeah they're both two authors that i can read pretty much i think yeah. anything by them just because i really <laughs> like their style and stuff so but um yeah, so definitely yeah go pick up brian smith's like, books yeah. get all his stuff <laughs> yeah uh awesome um so yeah well thank you very much for coming on to the show it's it's been really nice getting to chat to you um thank you man yeah i'll hopefully i'll remember to chuck your trailer on the end as well yeah i'm gonna send it to you so if he doesn't put my trailer at the end of this video (laughs) message him and give him a hard time about it i'm gonna send him the diablo snuff trailer to put right when he cuts at the end of this so exactly we go straight into that and then i'll have I'll find somewhere I can put the links for you as well. Oh, thank I definitely you, highly recommend those books. So, yeah, go and buy all of the Depraved books and all of the Diablo Snuff books. This can be an expensive episode for everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, man. I've had a great time. It was all, and it's so cool to finally, you know, sit and talk with you and and have a conversation for real and not just through text and you know <laughs> social media and stuff. So, okay. yeah, exactly. Cool. So thank you very much. And yeah, I will see everyone later. See ya. Thank you.